you to just say your name. Today is November 30th, 1988. My name is Sister Prince and I'm interviewing Bill Bailey. Mr. Bailey, uh, just tell me your address so we'll see how your voice is picking up. 60 North Ewing. Okay, let's check it. This is the uh, uh, leaflet that we're going to pass out for the exhibit. It's called a, a strong seed planted, and it will begin in, in February. And so some of the things that you say today will be part of the exhibit that we're going to have. And of course, it is about the civil rights movement in St. Louis from 1954 to 1968. And you were a great part of that, which is what we hear from different people that we've talked to. I also understand that, in a way, you're a quiet man about <coughs> that. <laughs> is that true? No, well, well, it seems that others have thrown it for you. <laughs> All right. Um, let me begin by asking you what part do you think Jefferson Bank did play in the civil rights movement in St. Louis? Well, it was a pivotal point uh, uh, because there, uh, I don't know how the Jefferson Bank stuck up today, but they were cause of other banks opening up and other jobs for minorities. So uh, I started at other banks, uh, but at the Jefferson Bank, uh, it, it, uh, the job did focus from other uh, other banks, and uh, they began hiring blacks. Um, you were in core mm -hmm. at the time. This picture showing the inside of the bank. You remember? Oh yeah, I remember. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, uh, this might have been. This might have been the uh, the origin of the demonstration. I think the first or second day. Yes. I, I believe you're absolutely correct. Yes, it is the first. It's August 30th. Mm -hmm. Now, where were you at that time? On the outside. On the outside? Yeah. Because uh, they are. So so many of them got in, then the police blocked the doors so no one else could get in. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, start at the beginning of that day. Oh, wow. Say and a few others, Bob Curtis and I joined later down to the bank at that time I was... Curtis saying who? Bob Curtis and Bob Policemen and they were going to build 
what um, did they started picketing on the outside? When did they go inside the bank? They went on the bank inside the first day. The first day, mm -hmm. right away. Yeah. Um, let's see. a little later. Um, and you were on the outside? Yes. Doing? Picketing. Pick when you say picketing, were you holding something? Holding signs. And what did the signs say? It was about discrimination. Uh, no more discrimination. We want jobs. And were there, were there people watching you demonstrate? Oh, were there people? Yes, there were people, people on all four corners. Yes, there were. And how were they reacting? Oh, a lot of them joined in with us. Some just milled about. But there, uh, there were hundreds of people. With, with, you had, the black people were, and white. Oh yeah. And some of each mm. were helping or just standing. Oh yeah, they were walking and demonstrating and standing and looking and watching. Mm -hmm. um, what caused the police to come? Well, because of who uh, had been negotiating with the bank already to hire blacks. After they uh, refused, uh, at first there was just a couple police, mm -hmm. and then they began to bombard us. This bottom gate. What was the first um, scuffle or problem that made it went from a peaceful picket? picketing to something that was a uh, obvious disturbance. Oh, I don't think we had no real big disturbance down there. Might have been scuffling like that. When they put people in start can away, might have been some scuffling. But uh, I don't think it was in a way it's really a, uh, I think it was civil disobedience. But uh, uh, I don't see where it was drastic or nothing like that, no, it's right or nothing like that. Did you think it was a good idea to do this at the bank? Oh, yeah. Yes, I do think so. Were you at the, some of the meetings where it was discussed? Oh, yeah. Could you tell me about those? No, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, well, uh, uh, see, in those days, we would, uh, leave the bank and come here. We had a fellow, we had a fellow here who would leave the door open for us. Here is the city hall. hall. And we were protesting the fact that the city had money in the Jefferson Bank. Mm -hmm. And that's when they brought the dogs out on us. We were sitting in front of the city treasurer's office up there all night long. And uh, they brought the dogs in on us. We still stayed at night. Now this is this is uh, this is before or after? No, this was during the Jefferson Bank. During Jefferson mm -hmm. Bank, okay. Yeah, we leave that six and come down here. Yeah, this is this is strike a familiar. This is in December of '63. Think who that is. Here's another one. Here's another one. Yes. Maybe. That's Joe Free. I'm trying to think of what building that's in. No, it says City Hall. That's it. Wait. That's Joe, oh no, this is Joe Free here. It's New Year's Eve. New Year's 63? Mm-hmm. Right, I know this is Joe Free here, they can't down downstairs.
Is it hard to go back and remember? Some things, some things. Well, go ahead. Because some of those people we haven't seen, some of those people we haven't seen since the The other night was the first time I saw a couple of those people, like Herman Thompson. That was quite an evening. Yeah, it was. Um, what are the things that are easy to remember about that period, Jefferson Valley? You know, demonstrating, demonstrating at Judge Scott's house. Uh, at whose house? Judge Scott. Judge Scott. Yeah. Bring us to call Michael here. Uh, going down to the jail, uh, the workhouse, going inside, eating with the prisoners and with the 19 people. Tell me about that. Oh, well, they had a warden on and they warden Charles Head. And uh, we contacted him. And uh, he made it possible for us to uh, bring families down, the wife and girlfriend of the 19 people. And uh, he made it possible for to call Michael to come down there and eat. And then he made it possible about a dozen of us to go behind the bars and talk to the prisoners and eat with them and all that. Mm -hmm. It was wonderful. How often, was it a one-time thing? Or was I, it once or twice we went out of there. That must have meant a lot to them. Oh, it did, it did, it did. Now, that was, when was that? They were, when, when they were waiting to go to trial. Waiting to go to trial. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, all right, what else was, is easy to remember or is important that you, Oh, they, 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 I wrote it was a, they stayed in jail, say 54 days, and I wrote a postcard to all 19 of them every day that they were there. Every day, every day, every day I sent a call to all 19 of them. And they would, periodically, they would, Drop me a postcard back, and uh, uh, while they were over in this jail over here, we would come down every night and sing to them. And when they were moved to the workhouse? Yeah, we didn't go down there as much. No, we didn't go down there and sing to them. But, uh, they stayed over here a while, I think, first, before they went mm -hmm. to the workhouse. But when they were at the workhouse, you were also sending cards? Yeah, because, see, they only stayed at 54 days in all, see, mm -hmm. so I sent a card every day, yeah. Um, how do you, what, what brought that to, to your mind? Oh, do you I don't know. I don't know. Just somebody said to really do something to keep up their spirit. So I call myself trying to keep up the spirit. You know, you can't think of something to say every day, but you just have to rise, keep on fighting, or we're with you, or you know, something like mm -hmm. that. When you started it, uh, Mr. Bailey, did you know you were gonna, did you have it in mind to do it all every day, or did you just? No, no, I just, there's something to do for me, and uh, I want something to occupy my time, and uh, we just, uh, I just thought so, because of, uh, see, we were still picketing while they were locked up in jail. Mm -hmm. And uh, even though the paper said in 19, there were 365 people got locked up. But the paper, this paper called them 19 leaders. Well, they didn't forget you did that, did they? Who's that? All the people that you sent those cards to, the 19. Oh, they're very, they're very seldom missing it. Very seldom missing it. I had people, people ask me now, did you get locked up? I said, yes. Three times. Where? I said to Jefferson, I 
Never heard of it. I never read it. That's okay. Never read it. Tell me about the times you were locked up. Oh well, I uh, was a uh, like I said, they were they had an injunction then, mm -hmm. and uh, the sign says uh, somebody injunction. We they wanted to cut off point for us where we could just march here, there, there, there. Then they said, if you march around the bank, you'll violate the injunction, you'll be arrested. So uh, I uh, was marching. A young lady, she's an alderman now, her name is Miller, Mary Miller. She was a kid then. I just grabbed her by her hand and we started marching and they locked both of us up. And then the next, uh, the next day, they let us out. Then the next day, I came back and the, uh, they were still having the sign up there. And, uh, Spider Burke had a son named Reginald Burke. He was small then, so I was walking with him. And they still told us that we were violating the injunction and we'd be locked up. So when they took me out on the rest, you know, he and I were walking together, so I just grabbed his hand <laughs> and carried him on the jail with me. And they locked you up. Oh, yeah. What's it like being locked up? No, it's oh, it's uh, it's all right. Uh, for that reason, it's all right. I think uh, uh, when you're going in masses like that, uh, it's all right. We had uh, because of. Uh, I knew we were demonstrating when Johnson came to town, and we didn't like the route that they were taking because we wanted them to come through the ghetto and come to Forest Park. But the police had a route already figured out the way to come, and uh, they came that route and when we went out to the chase to demonstrate it was at night and we couldn't see we didn't we we, we, we weren't we weren't thinking about being locked up that night but they had big police trucks and we began to demonstrate they dropped those trucks they let those gates down they locked us up and when they carried us to jail that night they didn't even locked the doors, just wanted us off the street. Mm -hmm. And one fellow, he just cried, 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 because of, uh, he said the idea of being locked up just did something to him. Mm -hmm. Even though the gates weren't locked, the doors weren't locked, we were just locked up in some little room, about, about a hundred some of us. Maybe there's a certain amount of fear, even though it's, even though the, the doors were unlocked. Mm -hmm. Yep. Were you afraid? No. No, 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 no. Were you ever afraid at any time in these, during the 60s and demonstrating? No, I was more afraid last year. I was in Forsyth. In Forsyth? Yeah. I was more afraid when I was down there. Tell me about that. Oh, we left here. Uh, Georgia, you know? Yeah. I went with James Buford. You know James Buford Urban League? Mm -hmm. And he contacted me, and I told him, yeah, I'd like to go. So I took my camera. We got to an interview. Somebody that interviewed me out to the church that night. I believe you said on Channel 5. Yeah, uh, and uh, uh, we began to roll 
never in my life did a demonstration that was hostile as that one was. Little kids, how did a nigga go home? And the signs, oh, it was, it was, And the Grand Dragon, Ms. King, Jose William, Dick Gregory, they all took the same podium to speak from. And when the Grand Dragon spoke, his pistol just came from everywhere. People with no uniforms on or nothing that's walking by with a pistol strapped on. been for the state troopers I think something would have happened because they led us all the way there and they led us back the state troopers all about that black and white men women yeah I was fearful that I want to go back that next Sunday uh, when Jose William led that march but the paper in a state that there would be no trooper protection. Oh. And that the march was for protest for what? For open housing for the for the those people that used to live there and now they didn't have a black living in the town. That's right, now I remember. Mm -hmm. Um so that would have been almost suicide to go. Oh, I believe it, but they got through it, okay. They did it. In fact, Jose Weeman, I'm going to the church. And then Oprah did a show on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mr. Bailey, why do you suppose that there weren't any race riots in St. Louis during the 60s? Oh, well, well, well Savannah took credit for it. And there was another young man named Bill Bailey who who were, uh, walked uh, the length of that first small of King Holly for They had that first, very first one. Uh, but I would say that. Uh, the Mr. Bailey that I'm talking to? No. Uh, another, another young kid. Bill Bailey would be about 45. The last time I saw him, he worked at Walt Green as security guard. There was no race ride because people in St. Louis, they, they, it's, it's, it's hard for them to rise up uh, because a lot of them got that attitude that I got mine and let them get there like I got mine. And you have, you have splintered groups, militant groups, you know, they, but you didn't have nobody who could just go ahead and lead you know, and lead the people. Uh, we had a lot of good action, we had coal, we had, well, the East Angles had the Egyptians, you had uh, about four or five. Action, yeah. Black Liberators. Yeah, yeah, Black Liberators. Little SNCC. Yeah, well, SNCC, that was a good chapter for him here real well. Yeah, well, they were most off to themselves. They was the kind ACP. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Why are you laughing? Yeah, because they, 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 they believe in the courts. You know, they, they raised a lot of money for us, though. They, one thing about the NWCP, they did raise money for us. Curly Evans and all of them, they did raise money. Um, were you ever part of any other group besides CORE? Oh, associate member of action. Got to donate money and go over their meetings. And I would leave, I would leave here and, and uh, go to the demonstrations. Of, uh, at the, that's when it was why, that's when it was okay for one person to go to the demonstration. And I would leave here at 5 o'clock and go down to Bell Telephone. See, it's not wise now for one person to be out there demonstrating. 
But then uh, after the other people got for it, they would come down there. Mm -hmm. So it was easier then to for one person than now? Oh, yes. yes. They'd be dead out tonight, know, one person out there demonstrating, yes. Just one second. Uh, let's talk about leadership. Um, you, you brought up that um, we were talking about riots mm -hmm. and um, whom do you think uh, were the leaders of the civil rights movement in the 60s? Well, locally or? No, locally in St. Louis. Oh, well, I'm see, I, that word leaders, that, that kind of grabbed me because of, uh, you know, to be a leader, you can't be a leader unless you have someone to follow you. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's like I think the, the newspaper did, they took, uh, I think there was one time when they had those 365 people's names in the paper, but they took those 19 people who they considered leaders because they were the first ones that got locked up. Uh, but I don't, I don't, I don't see any leaders in the civil rights movement. I don't think so. Even in the sixties, uh, now you had chairmen of organizations. Because I was chairman of corps, I was vice chairman of corps. Uh, but uh, leaders, I just can't get hung up on the word leaders. I call it cohesiveness and working together. That's what I, I call it. Of course, we had election every year in court. That made a different, uh, that made a different person as chairperson. You mm -hmm. know. So you, you were a leader at some point and in, as far as core was concerned. Yeah, well see, uh, during course time, see things were done by votes. That's why I could say I, I don't consider anyone a, a leader because of, uh, uh, promotion carried or you know it was put into effect and if it, it, if it failed then it wasn't put into effect so I think in as much business like a uh, one time a black fella got killed handcuffed and we were in front of his house in front of the policeman's house demonstrating and when I came to work that day, my boss called me into the office and it was Tony Denny. He said, I'm sitting on the top to you. I said, yes, sir. He said, uh, you, you belong to the organization before. I said, yes, sir, I'm a chairperson. He said, you have a picket line in front of so-and-so. I remember his name. I don't remember his name. No. I said, yes, sir. He said, what did he have to do with the, I said, well, he, he shot that, that young fellow that was uh, handcuffed. He said, well, that fellow's a friend of mine. Can't you, can't you, can't you move that line? I said, no, sir. I said, he said, why can't you? I said, because we voted in the meeting that we would put that line up there. And he said, I said, I sit there a while. He said, don't you have anything else to say? I said, no, sir. He said, well, I'm telling you, I just don't like it. So he said, you can get on out of here. I said, okay. So I didn't go with my commitment. And I called Ben and told him about it. And Ben came down the next morning, and he said, Tony, unless you forget, he said, you came down meeting and talked to us. He said, Bill Bell is the one that put your name in motion on the floor for the 21st Ward to work for you for the recorded deeds off. He said, well, I know that, Benny, but I'm just trying to get a little rise out of Ben. Uh, Bill here, he says, you know, this guy, he's my friend. And uh, Ben said, yeah. He said, but did he pick it during the day when he's supposed to be working, or did he work? He said, no, it was after hours. Ben said, well, Tony, he said, well, I figured what he does after hours, I figured that's his own. You stood your ground. Huh? You stood your ground. Oh, yeah. Well, stood, uh, Ben stood by me, too, so uh, he's an old man. So I, I didn't have no call on because I knew it was after work, you know. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You knew you had your rights. Yeah. 
um, leaders, uh, people were perceived as, as leaders um, by maybe the public. Why do you suppose they were perceived as leaders? Oh, I don't know. They might have been around. Oh, they might have been in the forefront of the movie, but after see, see, after Dr. King, I see, you know, I don't see, why you, Dr. King and Jesse Jackson, those are national leaders. But if everybody in the city of St. Louis who proclaimed to be leaders, Leaders, we wouldn't have any followers. No, no, we wouldn't have any followers. But we needed one. Huh? We needed one. Where? In St. Louis? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, but right now you couldn't pick out a leader in St. Louis. Because. Politics and civil rights, they, they, you might think they go together, but they don't, to my estimation, they just don't go together. Politics and civil rights? No, they don't. Tell me why they, you don't think they go together. Well, because uh, because in civil rights, you could do things on the spur of the moment. Right now, if you were a member of the Board of Aldermen, you want a board bill passed, you'd have to get 15 votes because there are 29 all the people. Uh, and there, uh, in civil rights, uh, if you're talking about jobs and you're talking about uh, power, you see, power is not given to you. You have to take. Yeah, I said, you know, power is not given to you. You have to take, you have to take power. Mm -hmm. uh, and the, uh, in the city, uh, St. Louis, right now you don't have nobody who's willing to just go out there and say, I'll be down, and just to, uh, get with the graduate people. And that's where everything originated from in the grassroots people because of uh, people who have got theirs. Uh, you, 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 take, you take me, for instance. Uh, I was at the bank two months ago. We had that uh, mock, mock demonstration. But at my age, I couldn't hit that picket line every day like I used to. No, I couldn't do that. And uh, the youngsters coming up, they don't seem to be interested. On the college campus, they might be interested, but uh, the way the employment rate is now, the youngsters just don't seem to be able to just forge ahead and just try to make a way. In the 60s, was there leadership at the grass, grassroots level? Yeah, Bill Clay, okay. Bob Curtis, all showed good potential roles as leaders. Each, each went their individual way. I'm curious enough being a lawyer, Bill Clay ended up being a congressman. So, so summing it up, then the, the leaders at that time were all heads of organizations, and there was no one person in the 60s that held it all together. In St. Louis? Mm -hmm. No, not in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. 
Now the newspaper speak of leaders. They call James Buford from the Urban League a leader. They call Ida Boone from the NAACP a leader. But that's not my that's my not my point of leadership. See, uh, a leader, uh, in my estimation, would be just like Jesse Jackson, a leader for the blacks, he's a leader for the whites, a leader for the downtrodden. You know, that's what I'm talking about, a leader. I'm not talking about a leader that represents one certain organization. Uh, all the organizations that we talked about before, NAACP and Action and Corps, Black Liberators, uh, during the 60s, was there any cooperation between those groups? Yeah. And if so, what? Oh, yeah, like when Adam Clayton Powell came to town. Uh, they did what, sir? When Adam Clayton Powell came to town to speak. Uh, other organizations, that's the, uh, just came on in and made it a hell of a day. Core action, all of us got together. It was no uh, the black liberators coming to town, and so the, uh, all of the black liberators were going to protect Alan Clayton Powell. That wasn't that, that wasn't true. Uh, all organizations got around. Mm -hmm. Yes. What was that day like? Huh? What was that day like? Oh, that was a hell of a day. I was trying to pick it. I'm trying to think about where he spoke at. I think I thought it might be Berea Presbyterian Church. Berea, uh, not Berea. Right west of Grand Avenue. Um, was it? Let's see. Yeah, he was the leader. Yeah. Adam played by. Oh yes. did you pick it for in the 60s? Jeff Bank? I started out, I think I started out on King's Highway. Down at that restaurant. Is that Parkmore's? Parkmore's, yes, where I started. Yeah, because, uh, see, before then, uh, my, trend, my, my trend was and they were collecting canned goods and helping people uh, up until about 59 because the Jefferson Bank was the biggest mass demonstration I had and I did a lot of demonstrating after Jefferson Bank, stick bearing full of boards, wolves and all that but, but, but then I had a, I had my, uh, my trend was helping people, helping the needy, collecting canned goods, and doing all that, you know, for what I could for the, for the community. Mm -hmm. And uh, because for 20 years, I gave her uh, uh, a party at Home Depot Hospital every Christmas. For, for how much? For the kids, yeah. For 20 years I did that. You gave a party mm -hmm. at Christmas? Oh yeah, kids. And uh, it didn't stop until uh, they closed the hospital. Mm. Mr. Bailey, did you do that when you were collecting the canned goods? Did you do it through a church or did you no, just no, no. do it through Bill Bailey? No, through Bill Bailey. And where did you collect the canned goods from? In the neighborhoods, from merchants, from everybody. Did you have a truck or did you have people helping you? Yeah, I had one fellow help me. He's an alderman now, his name is Willie Williams. He helped me, yeah. Mm -hmm. In fact, when Benny Goins ran for a commitment the first time around 1963 or 64, he came to the hospital with me. Mm -hmm. Him and Jackie Butler, yeah. Not only is your trend to help people, but your trend is to also do it for a length of time. Yeah, yeah. You, your, your record is remembering those people for a good length of time in jail and now 
a Christmas party for 20 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, quite a dependable <laughs> human being. <laughs> uh, hmm? Oh, I don't know. Um, I get it going and get it coming. So. Makes you feel good. Yeah, you feel good, but sometimes you just can't do enough. You know, uh, I came down here 24 years ago and I was elected chairman and vice chairman while I was working here, of course. Tell me about what it was like because people did hold jobs and they did give so much of their time. It was like, it's like you needed two days for every one day. Well, during the bus boycott, and that was when the mayor and Sanson decided to get rid of the Freedom Cars, and I was chair of the pool. What year was this? That was around 60. I, I think now around 68, and the mayor and uh, Sanson wanted to get rid of the freedom cause, and uh, we had jitneys out there that would carry people where they were going, straight up and down King Drive, East Avenue, for a dime, 15 cents, and. Uh, They gave us 1,300 citation tickets that we never paid. And some of those tickets had Sunday on them, some of them had Saturday on them. Uh, but our, uh, we They called, they called the national director in on me, Bob Curtis did too, because me and the vice chairman, we had a meeting at the Jefferson Hotel where we called off the boycott because the bus company had promised us in writing that they would give the former the service car drivers jobs. And every now and then I, I, I see a bus driver who will stop me and we'll talk about it. He said, you know how I got my job, don't you? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so they did come through and... Oh yeah, they came through. But I was criticized for it and they called the national chairman in on... Uh, and I told him that our uh, job of what we were for, I don't... But uh, we smoothed that over and... Uh, well, what was, what was their problem? I really don't know what the reason was. Now, I remember Bob Curtis was the one who called him. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the reason was. Because that was the whole idea. It was, yeah, it was. So what did they say when they came in, the national people? Oh, they, they are, uh, well, they talked about everything else, and they just dropped that little bomb as the, uh, before they left. You know, they talked about how the movement was getting along in St. Louis and blah, blah, but then the, before they left, they asked about uh, calling the, the bus boycott off. And I had it in black and white, you know, who didn't promise his job, so I guess uh, they were partially satisfied. Was there something else they wanted? No. Nope. Uh, but, but see, I just figured that you couldn't run the jitness forever. You know, you had to have a stopping point somewhere. And when they agreed to meet with us, I was, I was glad. I was really glad. 
Because they could have stopped him for nothing, but at least you got the job. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it gives quite a few jobs. So. Mm -hmm. um, what influence did National Corps have over St. Louis? Were, did you work independently, or did you? No, no. I chartered. We were, we were chartered, and the, uh, we worked with the national office. And at the conventions, we would meet. You know, we would all all different parts of the world. We would sit down and talk, and we would get literature from our national office. They would send us buttons, you know, core buttons and stuff. We did uh, in the beginning. Uh, most of our activities were sanctioned by the national office. And uh, the chairman, he would come in periodically and speak to us. I guess it was um, it was probably very supportive to hear what other people were doing. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Helpful. Yeah, very much so. Did you ever go to any other cities during the '60s to? I went down to. I went down to Merritt and March of Fear. March of Fear? Yeah, Meredith's March of Fear. That was a 63. Yeah, I couldn't understand. The Meredith's March of oh, Fear. Oh, Meredith. Yeah. Uh -huh. The March of Fear, I was there. I was to, went to Alabama, all we all down there demonstrating for voters' rights. Um, how about the uh, Poor People's March here? That was... Um, I don't think I, I know who that is there, Kermit Guy. Where? That's Kermit Guy there. He worked for Bi State now, right here. Oh, right here? Yeah. With good if this, no, if, if, if this is St. Louis. Yes, this is Eats Bridge. Now what is this here? Well, it looks to me as though it's a that the police? police. It's got a number on it. See, I was always opposed to police and leading demonstrations. I just, that's poor taste to me. Yeah. Because I, I believe all unjust laws are supposed to be broken. Any unjust law, and I'll be willing to pay the price for it. But I just believe it. Well, yeah. So if they're leading the demonstration, then it's... It's pointless, you know, like they, like two years ago, uh, the mayor says, no more, Dr. King, you know, I organized that committee. I did. The Dr. Martin King Holiday Committee, I organized oh, You did? Yes, I did. At 5532 Natural Bridge at my house. And the mayor says, a couple of years ago, he says, no more, like Dr. King's at uh, downtown. Mm -hmm. I guess he was talking about all organizations, but I took offended to it. And uh, they wouldn't give me a permit. They gave me a permit, but they gave me a permit that says you go west on Market Street to 18th Street, north on 18th Street to Washington, east on Washington. I said, no. So they let me speak in the rotunda because they were working on the civil course building. And the last thing I said was, hell no, we won't go. And I ran out to 12th Street with people behind me. Mayor Ross went out North Street. I got the people going over 12th Street. Mayor Ross got them coming down Market Street and going over 12th Street. And we looked, and I got over to Olive, and the policeman said, Bill, where you going? Bill, where you going? I said, I'm going downtown. He said, that's not the permit. So I said, damn the permit. We are going downtown. 
we end up downtown. The paper said we had more people, over 5,000 people we ever had in our life. We were around Scruggs, come on back up to Christ Church Cathedral. And uh, he just, he's a big shot in the police department now. His name is, oh, I can't call the car, I can't call his name. So we got there. He said, well, Bill, you did it, didn't you? I said, what's that, Major? He said, well, you went east of 12th Street. And in the same voice, he told the government, said, give Bill Bill a ticket, give Mary Ross a ticket, and give Ira Perry a ticket. I said, okay, Major, you did the job. He wouldn't write the ticket himself. So they gave us a ticket, and we both go to court. Come court date. Courtroom was crowded. I go over there, I look up there. And a guy working in the courtroom said, so we looking for Bill Bill. I said, I'm looking for our name, Bill Bill, I repair it for Mary Ross. He said, come on, you know you ain't got no kid. I said, this ticket here says I'm supposed to go to court. He said, it's been not a prize. I said, what do you mean by not a prize? He said, well, not a prize. That means it's been thrown out. Oh. I said, what do you mean by not a prize? I said, I want to go to court. He said, come on, Bill, you know. I said, people there that who want their case is not a prize. I said, I don't want mine not a prize. I wrote a letter to the newspaper. They threw it out. But we did march east of 12th Street, and the mayor said it wasn't going to happen. And you wanted people to know it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You wanted your day in court? Yep, I did. Mm. In this, um, this particular march, back to this march, the, who do these people look like to you? In the uniforms, the Black Panthers? No, there might be a group from East St. Louis. They look like they have on the rays. Yeah, well, East St. Louis, they used to, uh, I can't call that name. Oh, before. yes. They used to dress like that, mm -hmm. with boots on and, and black. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. I'm glad that you mentioned being led by the police, that's... Um, In other words, they look like they sanction you, you know. Mm -hmm, yeah. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, how do you feel about... Uh, here's a... <laughs> gentleman. Ira Perry. Yeah. Henry Thomas, he's a lawyer now. That's Marty. Marty who? Marty Leibowitz. Leibowitz. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. right. Audrey is uh, addressing demonstrators in front of the police headquarters. This is in 65. Were you ever involved with Ivory period? Oh, yeah, he's not working yeah, yeah. In his? Oh, yeah. He's number four. Yeah, this guy is a damn good lawyer now. Um, did you do things with him? Yeah. It, with the things that he wanted to do that didn't have to do with court? Sometimes, somewhat. We were on demonstration together. We were on demonstration together. Because Ivory Perry went out on his own. Yes, he did, yeah. Yeah. And did. Did you like the things that he did for civil rights? Well, yeah, I don't, you know, as long as you get results, that's what I want, I want results. I don't do much, I don't do much criticizing. All I look for is results and for the, for the, for whatever he did, if that what it took to get results, I'm for it. Okay, here's more. In front of the car, Ivy Perry, at Wilson yeah. Clark. Mm -hmm. He would lay down in front of the car. Oh, yeah, in a minute, yeah. Yeah, and say, as long as you're, I've stopped you. Yeah, that's Ivy Perry. He laid Thank. down, he laid down in front of uh, the Christchurch Cathedral when they gave us a ticket. Mm -hmm. I told him, I said, Perry's no sense of that because we got the ticket now, so we got to go, got to, go to court. <laughs> <laughs> and we were the winners because they didn't give us our day in court. Mm -hmm. 
Did people do things that you can think of um, and, and that were not according to CORE that didn't get results that you thought were um, either not the right way or not relevant? I understand. Well, just getting attention. Were, were there things done? Yes. For instance, um, uh, the liberators, the things that they did, did they get results? Black liberators and black Muslims? I don't know because I never participated with the liberators. I know members of the organization, mm -hmm. but I never knew, knew I, ne I knew or I never participated with them. I knew a lot of them. Wrecked car in front of damaged headquarters, the Black Liberators. This was in '68. Yes. Yeah, I remember when Colonel Buck. I was down the payroll. I went down to receive the award. Mm -hmm. You for coming out? Hmm? You went down to Cairo. Yeah, yeah. They gave me an award down there. I saw the house with a bullet hole, the real little everything. What was the award? Oh, I don't know what. I got so many of them. I guess. Oh, fish, uh, fish, fisherman of men award. Fisherman of men. Fisherman. Oh, fisherman of men. Yeah, I got one. Dr. Lee Blunt got one. Yeah. Is that the big fisherman? Is that? Well, it's, explain the award. Oh, it's uh, in a frame. Uh, well, when you say fisherman, is that of men? Jesus. Yeah, I, I guess it's because you know, he's, he's, supposed, he's supposed to be a minister himself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Dr. Lee Blunt. Now nah, we went down there. City Hall. People didn't even know who he was. And did you feel that, that this was a, a way to get results also? Oh, yeah. I mean, don't call Michael, too. Yeah. Because okay. the first time that I heard the word black power, we were marching. Uh, I wrote a poem on that, too. Uh, we were down south. How do you feel about black power, oh. the words black power and the meaning? Oh, well, uh, to, to me, uh, black power only means that black people control their own destiny. Uh, and I don't understand why people get angry or get scared uh, when they hear that word. But you have some people who are just afraid of a change. You know, they can go. Uh, 50 years uh, one way, and the minute you uh, talk about instituting a change, some people uh, get scared and get angry. I'm not afraid of a change myself. No, I'm not afraid of a change. Bill, do you consider yourself a, a leader or a follower? No, no, no. No, I take orders pretty well. I'm a follower. I take orders pretty well. <laughs> Because I said, in order to lead, uh, be a leader, you have to have someone to lead. Well, Norman Say put it, there are leaders and there are leading people. Did you think of yourself as a leading person? person? I don't know. Sometimes from the mail I get, the mail I tear up. Uh, see, I am an individual who detests meetings. I hate meetings. And, uh, uh, just meeting for the sake of meeting. I, I, I hate that. I really, I, I really hate that. And as a result, I'm invited to at least two a week, but I just I refuse them. Because uh, uh, very seldom things come out of meetings. 
that this, this picture? Does that look familiar to you? That's Percy Green. Right. Percy Green is my general manager where I live. At Laquita? Yeah. yeah. Percy Green is general manager. Well, they got this got results. Oh yeah, oh yeah. See, to us it wasn't necessary to to hire on that job, even though we would like to, to point to that job. Mm -hmm. But they hire other places where they didn't have any black, we would be satisfied. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm skipping around a lot a bit, but uh, the lady's got me frightened with them coming in here for lunch. So, um, but. I don't want to leave. We were talking about riots, and you were talking about Cervantes and the other Bill Bailey. Yeah, well, see, well, Cervantes, in his book, he said that he was so close to the people, and he called himself a neighborhood mayor, a person's person mayor. And uh, he said that uh, he would, and he would even go to groups and organizations and talk to them. And he said he think this kept the pilot keg on. Mm -hmm. He said he don't think uh, that because at that time uh, the uh, the stronger the the most uh, the actors the activist group was on Delmar and headed by O.C. Pastor. I'm trying to think of the name of it. I can't. Think of it. Mid City. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Do you do you feel that? Uh, how do you feel about what Cervantes said? Do you feel that he was correct? Because he was a a, a, a mayor that went around and talked to people. Well, I, I can't take that away from him. He was, no, I'm not trying to take it yeah. away from him, but do you think that that was one I think, in, in part, I think that has something to do with it. Mm -hmm. uh, the guy would come out, he, he'd come to any meeting, anywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, but not like to do now, you know. Three and police, four policemen with him, that wasn't, that wasn't the case with him. Right. He, uh, he came and then you had... Uh, um, no particular outstanding leader at that time, and also, um, what did this Bailey, the other Bill Bailey? He worked with the City Council too. That's what he. he that's where he came up on Delmore. They've been active up there. The Zulus—that's what it the was. The Zulus, yeah. Zulu yeah, something like that. I remember them real well. But there could have been riots then. There oh, there could have been. Yeah, there could have been. And then St. Louis had a little. People were kind of afraid in St. Louis too. See, now the people that would have started the riot would not have been people who were part of the movement in St. Louis. They would have been just agitators waiting for something to happen. They wouldn't be. They wouldn't have been people of the movement. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. So you think people here were afraid? Oh yeah, people are afraid. Sure. Yes. Afraid of repercussion. Afraid of jail for one thing. Yeah, people in St. Louis are actually afraid. I believe. Afraid of jail. And yeah. What else? Oh well. I can't put my hand on it. I really can't put my hand on it because you got some people in St. Louis who want to reap the benefits, but not willing to do none of the work. Not none of the work. But they want the benefits. Uh, no, we're talking about sixties. Huh? We're talking about sixties, nineteen sixty. Not now. Oh well, in in the sixties, uh, you had some of the same thing then. Uh, people who 
would wouldn't break a window, wouldn't throw a brick. But if somebody threw a brick, then they would grab what was in the store. You had, you 